You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. We are in week number three of a series called Miracles, where we are looking at some of the miracles that Jesus did in the Bible. And if you look through the first four books, of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the eyewitness accounts of Jesus's time on planet Earth, you will find 38 unique miracles. And in this series, I'm really challenging all of us to raise our faith and believe that Jesus not only did miracles then, but he can do miracles today. And so in week one of this series, we talked about miraculous provision. In week two, last week, we talked about miraculous Freedom, And I just want to go ahead and just say that message, I thought Lauren Shepard was an amazing message. Thank you for leading our church and an amazing message. But this week, if you're taking notes, we have a very mediocre message. I just want to go ahead and lower your expectation. (laughs) So if it's better, it's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Um, But we're going to be talking about miraculous peace, miraculous peace today. And just in a moment of honesty, I think church should be the place where you should be honest. And just how many of you by show of hands have an area of your life that right now you need to experience some peace? Just let me see if right now there's a specific area of your life where you need to experience some peace. Me too. So look around. We all like there's an area of our life where we need. And here's what I believe. Here's what I've been praying for. Is not only that today you experience peace, but that today you experience miraculous peace. That we tap into a peace that only Jesus can provide. And let's, let's discover this in Mark chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 35. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And this lake is known as the Sea of Galilee. It's a very famous place in scripture. A lot of really big things happen there. In fact, this is where the feeding of the 5,000 happened that we talked about two weeks ago. And this is also the very same place where Jesus would walk on water. And uh, when my, Heather and I, we had a chance to be able to go to Israel and uh, we actually got to be at the Sea of Galilee. In fact, here's some pictures from that, uh, that I took iPhone only. Come on, all my, all my photographers, uh, iPhone only, Visco. Okay, yeah. And so uh, this was from the boat that we were in on the Sea of Galilee. And while we were there uh, on, this, on this tour, the guy that was guiding the tour, you could tell he was so proud because he started Oceans. You know that, you know that song? And, um, and he was like, you could tell, he's like, yeah, I just played Oceans. Isn't that cool? Because we're on the Sea of Galilee where all this happened. And, you know, I'm playing that. And so for me, I was like, oh, this is so cheesy. Like, why, why are you doing that? But then that bridge hit, y'all. And um, it's like, spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk. I was like, Jesus. Oh, I started crying. And, and it was like, it got me. He knew what he was doing playing that oceans and um but let's go back to the verse if you notice notice this notice that that Jesus said like let's cross to the other side of the lake and I just want you to recognize that this is a promise from Jesus he's saying like you will get to the other side not that you might but you will 
get to the other side. And it says in verse 36, so they, so they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. So picture the scene. So the disciples, they get in a boat with Jesus, go out on this boat. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a very real storm pops up. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you came into church today and you are right now in the middle of a very real storm. Maybe even right now, you find yourself at church or watching online and you are like right now going through the hardest thing that you have ever been through. Like this is the hardest season. I've never faced a bigger challenge. Like I am right now in the middle of a very real storm of life. You see, I'm convinced that every single one of us fits into one of two categories. Either one, we are in a storm of life right now or two, one is coming soon. I'm just telling you, they're coming. And some of you are like, come on, Pastor Brian, like be more positive. Okay, you got it. I am positive that either right now you're in a storm or that one is coming soon. I'm just telling you, they're coming. They're coming. Like I, I never want to be the pastor that paints the picture. Like, hey, if you just follow Jesus, everything's gonna be sunshine and rainbows. Like everything's gonna go well for you. You'll never have another hard thing. You'll never go through anything challenging. You'll never lose anything that you love. No, like I never wanna be that type because that's not what the Bible says. In fact, Jesus says this in John 16, verse 33. You need an encouraging voice to, a verse today? Listen to this, in this world, you will have trouble. Man, aren't you so glad you came to church today? And this encourages your soul today. Hey, guess what, guys? You're going to have trouble. Your life's going to be hard. All right, see ya. See ya. Go. See ya. No, like the truth is, like we have to wrestle with this promise. And it is a promise from Jesus. It's a promise I do not like, but it is a promise. And we have to wrestle with this. This is what sometimes makes it very uncomfortable when you're following Jesus. And that's why it's so important that we face this, that we don't shy away from thinking about this because the truth is, is that here's the fact, and I wrote this down today, is that we will all go through storms. All of us, every single one of us, nobody is exempt Nobody is exempt from the storms of life or the hard days. Like, please, please, please don't buy into the lie that if you follow Jesus, that you won't experience storms. Like, Jesus is somehow like this spiritual bubble that just protects you from every single hard thing because that's just not what the Bible says. In fact, if you even look at this story, look at the disciples Listen, they were in a storm because they obeyed Jesus, not because they disobeyed Jesus. Jesus said, hey, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. They're like, okay, let's go. Let's get in the boat. And then they found themselves in the middle of a storm. They were in a storm because they obeyed. And so it's so important for us to wrestle with this, 
to accept this very uncomfortable fact that we all go through storms. Because if you don't, what happens whenever you inevitably go through a storm? What happens whenever a loved one gets sick or you face an unexpected diagnosis like cancer? Or man, even if you lose somebody that you love, what do we do when we experience rejection or loneliness or heartbreak or divorce? What do we do when we have a miscarriage or we desperately want to get pregnant, but we just can't have a baby? What do we do when we lose our job or don't get the job or the business that we have the courage to start fails? What do we do when we experience like financial pressure and hardships that we've never experienced before when we're like drowning in debt? What do we do whenever it's like our mind and we go through a season where our mind is flooded with fear and anxiety and depression? What do we do when we go through a very real storm of life? And if we don't wrestle with this, if we don't settle this in our souls, when we go through storms, not if, but when, I'm telling you the result is going to be this. It will crush your faith. Like you'll bounce on God. You'll say, I've tried the Jesus thing. And I've heard this pastor tell me that the best possible life that you could ever found is following Jesus. And so that means that I won't ever experience bad things. And then when I do, it's like, it didn't work. I'm out. I don't want anything to do with that. And I'm just telling you, just as a pastor in your life, I desperately don't want that to be your story. Like when I, when I pray for you, and I pray for you every day, and I love you with all my heart, I'm telling you, when I pray for you, I pray that not only do you start your race, but that you finish your race. That you are people that just like Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, like that you will get to the other side of that lake. And I'm asking and believing for that to happen. So they get in a boat with Jesus. An unexpected storm comes. And look what Jesus is doing in verse 38. Jesus was sleeping, just taking a big power nap, just sitting there, storm raging, Jesus asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. See, when I read like a little detail like that, I'm like, this is real. This got to be real. Like, why would somebody put in a cushion unless he was on a cushion? Anyway, the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And they're freaking out. And I find it so interesting that they interpret the presence of a storm as Jesus not caring. I don't know about you, but that relates to me. There's been times where I've gone through something hard. And my first reaction is like, God, don't you care? Because if you care, why, why didn't you stop this or keep it from happening or, and I, I, I relate so much to them here. And then it says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves and to the storm, silence. Maybe your Bible, certain translation, it says the word peace, silence, peace, be still. And then suddenly whoo, the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus today 
He stood up in the middle of whatever storm that you raised your hand of that you need peace for. And just said, peace, be still. And then instantly there was a great calm. That'd be awesome. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith in the disciples? We're absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other, even the wind and the waves obey him. Now we plan our message series and even kind of the week by week what the flow of each series is going to be months in advance. So I've known for a a while that I was going to preach this week on this topic using this text and this miracle. See, I've known, and I had every intention to preach a very encouraging message where I stand up here and I look at you and I say, like, Jesus has the ability to stand up in the middle of your storm and bring you miraculous peace. But as I was studying and preparing for the details of this, God had a little bit of a different plan. And I've, I've, I've read this hundreds, thousands of times. But I saw a detail that I'd never seen up until this week as I was studying for this message. And God's like, that's what you need to tell the church. And here, here's what I wrote down in my journal. That Jesus, not the disciples, experienced miraculous peace. That in this story, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus, not the disciples, he was the one who experienced miraculous peace. Now the disciples, no doubt, experienced a miracle. The storm supernaturally stopped. And they were there and they experienced that. That miracle of nature. And the disciples, no doubt, experienced peace. But don't miss this detail. The disciples experienced peace after the storm. But Jesus experienced peace during the storm. See, when the disciples were freaking out and panicking and consumed with fear and they were losing their minds, Jesus was sleeping. See, when a storm was raging on the outside... Jesus had miraculous peace on the inside. You see, the Bible, it goes on to tell us that Jesus offers that same type of peace that he had in Mark chapter 4, that that type of peace is available to you. Listen, in John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And in this verse, Jesus clearly states that there are two types of peace. That there's a peace that the world offers, a very normal peace. And then there's a peace that I offer, which is something the world cannot give. He says that there's a very big difference between normal peace and miraculous peace. And here's three very quick ways that they're different. I'm gonna fly through these. Here's number one, is that normal peace is circumstantial. That when things are good, 
I have peace. When things are bad, I don't have peace. And when things are going right, I've got peace. When things are going wrong, I don't have peace. It is based solely on your circumstances. Normal peace is circumstantial, but miraculous peace is non-circumstantial. See, this is peace that you could have in any situation, any circumstance, whether that's good, whether that's bad, whether that's right, whether that's wrong, or anything in between, you can have peace that is non-circumstantial. Number two, normal peace is temporary. That as long as things are good, that's how long you have peace. But when things are no longer good, when things are no longer right, then all of a sudden peace, it's gone. Because peace is temporary. Let me put it this way. is that peace always has an expiration date. Like it's temporary. But miraculous peace is lasting. It's peace that you can have anytime. There's no expiration date on that type of peace that you can have in any season, in any storm. It's lasting peace. And then number three, normal peace is understandable. Like, like I, 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 when, when I'm good, I have peace. When things are right, I have peace. And by the way, that makes total sense in my mind. That makes sense that when everything's good, that you would experience peace. But as soon as something's bad, as long as there's a storm that pops up, as long as things aren't all right, as long as there's something that's, that's not what I expected, then all of a sudden I don't have peace. And that makes sense in my mind too, because normal peace is understandable. But miraculous peace, it passes our understanding. We see this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience, listen, God's peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. That miraculous peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, that's the type of peace that right here in the scripture, he says, exceeds anything we can understand. Another translation says it passes all our understanding. That means it's peace that doesn't make sense. It's peace that passes your logical understanding. It's peace that deep down you know, like I shouldn't have peace, but right now I just do. It passes your understanding. Listen, sometimes it passes other people's understanding. You can have peace about a decision. You can have peace about a circumstance. And when other people see the situation and they're like, how in the world, in the middle of that storm, do you have peace? See, it passes their understanding. It is peace that passes all understanding. That's the type of peace that Jesus had in Mark chapter four. And I believe with all my heart, that that is the type of peace that he wants you to walk out of this place today with. I believe with all my heart 
that today he is offering that type of miraculous peace to you. He doesn't just want to give you peace after the storm. He wants to give you peace right now in the middle of your storm. He just doesn't want to give you normal, circumstantial, temporary, understandable peace. He wants to give you miraculous, non-circumstantial, lasting peace that passes all of your understanding. That is available to you today, and I believe with all my heart that that is the type of peace that he wants you to leave this place with. Now, I have seen this peace on full display over the past few weeks. There's an amazing couple in our church, and their name is Sean and Aaron Williams. They were at the 930 service earlier, and, but they've been a part of our church from day one. They were on our original launch team. That before our church even existed, they're like, yeah, we want to be a part of what God is doing in this. So they part of our original launch team. They've served on our leadership team. Uh, they've led groups. I mean, just an amazing, amazing couple, just pillars in our church. And about a month ago, their daughter-in-law, whose name is Veronica, uh, who was at the time 32 weeks pregnant with their first child, she just felt off. Like her heart began to race and and it really started to skyrocket and she had a really hard time catching her breath and because she was pregnant you know 32 weeks in it's like we better not mess around we called the doctor the doctor's like just go ahead go to the er we just want to make sure that everything is okay turns out everything was not okay and out of nowhere they said hey we have to have an emergency c-section and get that baby out of veronica And so, literally, woke up that day, normal day, and then suddenly found themselves in a storm. And um, she's taken in there, and then they heard really hard news to hear from a doctor that, hey, this is serious, and we just want to prepare your heart that we may lose Veronica, we may lose the baby, Worst case scenario, we may lose both. By the grace of God, they were able to go in and do the emergency C-section and safely deliver the baby. And, and here's, a, here's a great picture of, of baby Brooklyn right after that she was born and two weeks pre, premature. And um, so while we celebrate that, Veronica it started getting even worse. She started to decline quickly and her heart was failing. It started failing to the point where she needed to be, be put on life support in a ventilator and, and um, doctors were only giving her at that time a 25 to 40% chance of survival. And it seemed like the only way that she would survive and be a mom to that sweet baby was by a full heart transplant. And so they started preparing and trying to figure out, could that even happen? Can they do a heart transplant for this, for this, for this amazing woman, this, this new mom? And, but however, the, the entire time, the family, the Williams family being who they are, is as soon as she went to the ER, they started sending out text to people within our church Hey, will you please pray? Please pray for Veronica and the baby. And then 
kept giving updates. But not only was it people within our church that began to pray for them, it started kind of spreading to all these different places. They ended up telling me this weekend that people, that they know that people were praying from the east coast of our city all the way to the west coast of our city and everything in between. Thousands of people praying, asking for a miracle. Well, suddenly, out of nowhere, Veronica unexpectedly started improving. And five days later, she regained consciousness. Seven days later, she was taken off life support. 12 days later, she was up walking around. And 17 days later, she was discharged from the hospital with her own heart and was able to meet her baby. Come on, for the very first time. Come on, that's a miracle. Come on, we can worship God. That's amazing. That is a miracle. But let me tell you something that I witnessed firsthand. Another miracle. A more subtle miracle. Something that won't get the attention. Something that that doesn't seem as flashy. Let me tell you what I saw firsthand from the very first text message. Hey, Pastor Brian, would you please pray? To more text messages, updates with bad news. Hey, this is happening. Hey, we don't know if she's gonna make it. She may need a heart transplant. She's on a ventilator. She's on life support now. Will you please keep praying? To there's no updates. She's still in the same spot. To now the text started changing. She's getting better. She took this step today. Throughout the entire thing, guys, you wanna know another miracle? It's the fact that Sean and Aaron, grandpa and grandma, that they had miraculous peace throughout the entire thing. Start to finish. I'm telling you, a storm was raging on the outside, but they had this peace that passed all their understanding that was non-circumstantial. They had that type of peace throughout the entire thing. The same as that peace that Jesus had in Mark chapter four that he talks about in John chapter 14. And look me in the eyes, look me in the eyes. If you raised your hand and said, there's an area in my life where I need peace, there's a storm that is happening. I'm telling you, you can have that type of peace today. That is right there for you to have. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.